Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the B-Side Podcast. For this first month of 2023, we're devoting our weekly episodes to the topics of our Mercy and Justice Month, and specifically our focus on fatherlessness and foster care. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us to discuss our weekly sermon focus, and we'll devote the final minutes of our episode each week to answering any questions from our community. So enjoy our conversation with our guests and sending questions as you have them. We'll now move to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side podcast. I'm Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Lemoyan. And Matt, welcome to the show, Stuart and Deb Dumb. Yeah. We're excited to have alongside us. I am old news. I'm not the actual guest. I'm on this podcast. Matt, we're glad you're here. Yeah, but, but if but you like, could leave, that'd be great. hurry up and get on to the actual <laughs> right. reason we're here. Right. Yes, it's my honor to introduce Ste- uh, Stu and Deb Dumb, uh, who many of you in our church family know and have known for uh, a number of years. Uh, but Stu and Deb, welcome to the Liberty B-Side Podcast. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and maybe just by way of introduction, um, how long have you guys been at Liberty? Uh, Go for it. We've been at Liberty for four, a little over four years. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a fun story to that, too, like where, Deb, you were involved with Liberty for a little bit and then went overseas with... Um, with ABWE, right? Yes. And like, there's some small world ABWE connections at that hospital that have like come full circle here at Liberty. It's a very small world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a personal small world connection that um, uh, one of the women that was a bridesmaid in my wedding, a uh, good friend of Shay's from college, also served at that same hospital in Togo with you. Yes, when, you when I was there, Christy yeah. Tebow. Yes. So we've had there. like, there's a lot of, and now, um, the DeKriegers, Will, Will DeKrieger, yes. who's uh, just became an incumbent member at Liberty. His family served at that hospital in Togo. I don't think I know. I don't know all these stories. Oh, there's, so, oh, there's, such, yeah. a, there's such a great web uh, from Deb and the ABWE and okay. the, the mi- Medical Missions Hospital in Togo. The Christian okay. world is so, it's amazing how small it is. Yeah. But yeah, far reaching. Yeah. And Stu went to a Liberty church in Philly. I yeah. forgot that. I forget. I don't know what the name is now. but It's the one that changed names like 15 times? Yeah, it was that one. Yeah. Yep. It, it could have been <laughs> very. <laughs> it could have been like Fishtown, East, River Wards. could have been any one of those. It's all the same church. It changed but... its name four times while you were there. Right. And as we're talking about this month uh, and this, this year, our local Mercy Initiative focused on fatherlessness and foster care, um, you guys are in the final stages of the process of getting approved with Safe Families, which is yes. a very related uh, ministry. So maybe just to kick things off, um, tell us a little bit about what Safe Families is. Yeah, so Safe Families is an organization um, in our region. We're working with Bethany Christian Services, and they host and they are um, partner with Safe Families. It's a Christian volunteer organization, and they're aimed at helping families who are in some sort of crisis um, by temporarily hosting children. So um, it can look like maybe a single mom who needs to be hospitalized for some reason Mm -hmm. or um, is experiencing homelessness for for whatever reason and she just doesn't have this the support network Mm -hmm. where maybe historically you and you would have an extended family you could rely on you know to send your child there for a few weeks months until you get back on your feet um 
for whatever reason, that's not happening as much anymore. And so this is a way that volunteers can partner with parents to bring their children into a safe environment. They're getting regular meals. They have a safe place to sleep. They have transportation if they need to get to appointments. The parent retains all of their rights. Hmm. Um, You're simply being, you know, a conduit of God's love and mercy to this family while they're going through a tough time. Yeah. Which is incredible because, and I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't know if they, if that's even part of the training for safe families, Mm -hmm. but the idea that so safe families exist as a buffer before children and youth services and the foster care system like kicks in Mm. where it's like now mandated. And now you have to go through a a lot of understandably a process to even get rights for your kids back. This exists Mm -hmm. on that front end to keep kids out of that system when parents just need some, a season of respite care and help and support. Yeah. They're really there. When we were doing the training, the statistic, what was it? Like it's 95% of kids in safe families don't enter foster care. Yeah, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah because the, the kids that do go into foster care, I don't know what the percentage is that, uh, that end up going back with their biological families, but it, it's not a great percentage. There's a lot of people, a lot of kids that once they enter foster care, they end up in that foster care world, e- either getting adopted or aging out, yeah, or and they, they don't ever get to go back with, with biological yeah. families. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how you came to learn about safe families. What prompted you to get involved? Give us a little bit of the history of that. Do you want to give our background? What were you thinking of ministries? Sure. So, um, uh, I guess they were kind of a couple of influences in our, in our life, um, early in our marriage. Um, well, even before we got married, we were part of a Bible study, um, where, um, some people just opened up their house um, to kind of anybody who wanted to come in. It was a, uh, I'm just going to ramble here for a little bit, but it was a beautiful picture of kind of God's kingdom because hmm. I like to observe things. And I looked around the table and thought, there's no reason these people should be in the same room huh. other than hmm. huh. kind of the gospel and they're uh, um, just sharing Christ together. Um, hmm. So just a beautiful picture of um, people opening up their house, um, bringing people in kind of, uh, discipling them, uh, hmm. and just kind of the fruit that that bore out. Um, I mean, they did that their entire marriage. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. you know, 60 plus years of this Bible study. Wow. Um, so that, that was one influence you want to talk about the other? Yeah. So we, we went to this Bible study and it was every week you're with these same people. You have nothing in common, but hmm. it's just amazing to like break bread with them learn with them, grow with them. And we always talked about like, we would love to have a home like that. That just seems Hmm. incredible. And, um, thought we'd always been like low key. I'm always like low key researching, fostering or adopting like Hmm. kids who are available. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just, always looking for that opportunity of like, where can we be of service using our marriage? Like, what does that look like? And Mm -hmm. then I read, um, the gospel comes with a house key by Rosaria Butterfield. Mm -hmm. And that book, I mean, if you haven't read it, I'm sure you, that book feels like a little bit of a combination of like an incredible, um, like hug of hospitality (laughs) and like a slap across the face. It like is, it is a, it is a hard book to read and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm worthless. And leave unchanged. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, 
we, um, yes, that book was great. So we, I read that and we just kind of entered into conversation of like, what, obviously like our home is our home, but as a family, like what is our mission together? Like how can we serve? Obviously like I work at Bethesda mission so I can go out mm -hmm. and I can, you know, work with homeless gentlemen, yeah. but like, how can we include our girls in that? How can mm -hmm. we include all of us together working for a common purpose of sharing the kingdom of God? And this feels like a really, I don't know that it's going to be easy, but like a simple way mm -hmm. of we're in this life stage. We have young kids. We can easily bring more young kids in mm -hmm. and, you know, partner with people sharing that radical hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, the way that, I mean, Christ talks about it in his gospels all the time. So, hmm. um, and we're kind of beholden to little people's schedules right now. So yeah, yeah. like you're already living that life. Yeah. Like yeah, you're already, sure. we're there. you're already in it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. It's easy to, yeah. Yeah. It's like a good thing. Yeah. And even if it's not necessarily easy, you so say it could be difficult. It's straightforward. It's right. just, it, 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 it's more of the same. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of exactly. what you have right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe, um, so are there like set time periods that you have, you would get a placement from say families for, is it, um, maybe what are some of the differences between foster care and say families other than of course that foster care is, is, um, part of like the children and youth services system that counties and, and other governments run, um, where say families is a, is a nonprofit ministry that isn't part of that. Right. So it's, I think it's really beautiful in the way that it does really rely on churches. Hmm. It relies hmm. on like, um, the church being the church is what they say. Hmm. Um, so the structure is the parent place is called the placing family. They place with the host family. Um, they have a family coach who's working with the parent and they come and check on you once a week. Hmm. Um, as the host family, but they're also working with the parent to try and help them, you know, work through this crisis. And then they bring in other people from the church. They bring in family friends or people with resources who maybe like, they don't want to actually be involved, but they'll do like, Hey, we have a pack and play we can share. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, here's a high chair. So, um, that's kind of like the structure of it. It's pretty informal. Mm -hmm. It's not like, the parent can come visit whenever they want, you yeah. know, they can take their kid if they have that yeah. ability. Like, so, and it's, it's short term. So they say the typical placement is about six weeks, like mm. one to six weeks is about the length of time you're looking at. Mm. You have a calendar, you can go on your little portal once you are approved as a parent and you just like hit the dates that you're available. Mm. And when you're available, they'll like send out an email or a text message Hey, we have this family. Are you interested? Hmm. And then you respond. And so it's very like you as the, you're, you're kind of getting a, a say in like, is this hmm. something that we're available for right now? It feels, I don't know if casual is the word, but like you don't have the kind of all the legal red tape yeah. that mm. you're dealing yeah. with um, in like a typical foster care situation mm -hmm. um yeah does that answer yeah that's that's really helpful that there's there's still there's still a lot of structure mm -hmm. uh and you mentioned even going through an, an approval process with them yeah. which i'd love to hear about too but it doesn't have because the kids are not in um 
receiving services from the government. They're not in the children and youth services and foster care system in that sense. There's just way less um, legal framework that gets brought into it with court hearings and with things like that. It just really ends up being a partnership between a placing parent, a host family, and and the Ministry of Safe Families kind of doing that like middle middle work Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. but tell us maybe more about what the process to get approved with Safe Families has has looked like and even um, where you guys are in that process. Sure. Um, so it's it's pretty easy. Uh, we we took a while, so you can you can do it in a lot shorter time than what we did. <laughs> um, but you you essentially first contact them, fill out some paperwork. Um, there's a pretty informal interview just to just to get a sense of where you are. Um, your desires um, as a family, and then uh, once once you go through that and everything checks out, um, there's just some video trading. Um, there's a core curriculum, and then um, just kind of a, a, a different thing about um, child abuse that you, that you um, get certified in. Hmm. So um, it's really easy training. You watch videos. You can make popcorn. You know, do whatever. <laughs> um, Date night. Yeah, date night. Uh, yeah. Watch date night videos. looks a little different for those weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So then once you do that, um, yeah, we got fingerprinted, which is really the only cost of this, which was hmm. 10 bucks a piece. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's low cost, kind of low commitment. Um, yeah. Easy to do. Do they do any kind of, um, home, home visit to come yeah, look so at your home at all? That's, too, that, that's where, where, where we are currently. Okay. Um, we just have to get our house checked out to make sure everything's um, safe, which it should be, given our children. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, then once your house checks out, then you can, um, like Deb said, kind of put your dates that you're available. Um, they'll send you um, send you different assignments, and you can say yes or no, and then. And I think it's something like 70, 75 or eighty percent of the placements are like infants. Wow. Okay. They're wow. like, oh, really? it's like, it seems like for the most part, they're like it's moms a- who are going like maybe first time young yeah. moms who are like going through something. Yeah. Okay. They showed a graph in the training and it's something like zero to six is a majority of ages. Yeah. yeah like the, I, yeah, it was like 99% of kids are from zero to okay. age six. So it's, these, yeah. it's more like the young, young kids who are, hmm. But yeah, the vast majority were the infants, like that zero to one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. And you guys are so you guys are waiting for like the home yes. home visit, the home check kind of piece of that, and then on that on the other side of it, then you guys are approved, and it's kind of whenever then you give availability. <laughs> yeah, and then you can also put in. We forgot to say this. Like you can put in like I'm sure it's the same with like foster care, or if you're like looking to adopt, like we are willing to take this many children, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. ages, this gender, like that kind of thing. If like, yeah. that's important to you t- to know. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's great. How, um, it, yeah. What's been maybe good about this process of going through that? Is there anything that's been difficult about the process, uh, as you've gone through the, the approval there with safe families? Um, the good things were, it was like the training was actually fine and like easy. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just slow. um and the people we've worked with with bethany like and safe families have been so kind Hmm. and like really gracious to work with Hmm. that's been a a joy Mm -hmm. yeah especially if you drag your feet yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, but I mentioned cost. There's very little cost. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah, a course you can take. It's, it's good information, though, regardless. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the only con I mentioned was we took too long. So that's yeah. All. That was the only difficult we, Yeah, we feel only. like bad that it's taken. Yeah, I think we started the process in May. Yeah. And we should have been done by June. <laughs> like, that's, you I know, mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. What's the, the process like working with them? Are they are they helping you through the process? They send you a whole checklist okay. of everything mm-hmm. you need to have yeah. done. And it is a little bit daunting when you get the email because there's about like seven or eight different steps that you need to take and it's all like links that you have to click on and then go fill out the links so it feels a little daunting when you start looking at it but once you get going it's really not bad you can do most of it very quickly um do you have someone you're working with who's are they checking in with you every couple weeks hey here's where you are can we go um, to the next step yes okay yeah there's um the person we're working with is called, her name is Nikki. Um, and I'm sure she would probably be the person who works with everybody. Yeah. Um, but, oh, we didn't mention the church thing. Um, Nikki had talked to us about Liberty possibly being like a safe families church. Yeah. Um, cause that's how they typically operate. And they say safe families works best when you have a really, good community around you. Like that's Mm -hmm. what these parents are lacking is community. So the Mm -hmm. goal is for you to help this parent. Like after they get through this whole crisis, you're still walking with that parent forward. You know, you have that relationship. Now you're the person they can call. If something happens again, if they need a babysitting, if they need like a ride, if they need you to take their kid to a doctor Mm -hmm. appointment, like you're still the person. And Mm -hmm. just like foster care, it's important to have, a good group of people around you. So what safe families really tries to do is have churches be designated safe family churches. Mm-hmm. And there are different levels of that, but um, the lowest level is just safe families participating church, which is where you have a few families in the church who are doing it. Yeah. And, um, you know, bringing other people like the resource people or like family mm-hmm. friends alongside who are willing to just like, Step up when you get a placement um, and say like, hey, do you, you know, do you need anything? Do you need clothes? Do you need, you know, diapers, whatever. So, And um, maybe some parallels even that to like what we've heard in these past couple Sundays from different guests we've had during our worship services that have talked about um, care communities or support where, where, so whether it's a foster family or an adoptive family or a safe family, there's still that real sense and need for community of like yes. people that aren't directly on the front line of, of welcoming the, the kids mm-hmm. into their own home. There's still that like ring around each of those families where there, mm-hmm. so there seems to be even with different, different levels of involvement from adoption mm-hmm. where they permanently are now your, your yeah. child to a foster family to safe families, but there's still that need for community all the way, yes. all the way through. Yeah, did we mention the family friend? I think, yeah, briefly we touched on it, but basically, yeah, we need the, they need, it's, I think, more of like a family coach. But basically, after you host these kids, the goal is like you transition. You become a family coach or friend to this parent hmm. so that you're developing a relationship, yes, with that child. But most hmm. like that parent really needs support. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's something that's really beautiful is like you're you get to build relationships with people that maybe you would not interact with in your regular, you know, day-to-day mm-hmm. life. Yeah. 
but um, it's it's a way to um, kind of tangibly show God's love to somebody mm. who really, really needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And maybe hasn't experienced it before. So yeah. they get referrals yeah. from like schools, from <laughs> hospitals, from um, children and youth. Like yeah. they get referrals from all over churches, yeah. things like that. So mm-hmm. that's cool. How would you go about maybe helping others in our church learn about these opportunities? Where would you encourage them to start? If you were to give them a piece of advice for helping them maybe get beyond a, an obstacle or that's one that they're assuming to be true or just worrying to be true. What have you learned about the process you've gone through? Give someone a piece of advice and help them kind of kind of get into it quickly if they were interested. Uh, I'd, I'd start with the website. Um, it's a good place to go. Uh, yeah. they, have, they have a lot of good videos on there mm. of like um, stories of people who have been through it and mm. are like, you know, it's been a, a good experience for them. And also just pray about it and see where God would lead you. I know um, there, there are so many good opportunities out there to help. Like we've seen this month, you mm. know, like so many organizations are doing really great things. This is just through Bethany Christian Services. Like you can go on their website and look at Safe Families. Mm. Um, and you can attend an info meeting or, or talk to, you know, email Nikki or... I'd be happy to talk to anyone about it, but um, yeah, I, I think just pray like how would God have you use your home as like kind of a beacon mm-hmm. in this world? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it looks like for, for other people. This is where we feel like God has placed us at this point in time. So Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, and I don't like, I don't know if that's something that comes up in the safe families training or something that you guys have thought through, but is it, is it almost like that if you're thinking about maybe foster care and, and having more, more long-term placements in your home, even through children, youth services is safe families, like a good place to start. If you're like, maybe not quite sure that you want to yeah. do it, is safe families like, do they even, or they say like, no, it's so different that you shouldn't mm-hmm. even consider them to be on the same the same wavelength. <laughs> I talked to a foster mom the other day who told me that safe families is the gateway drug. It's the gateway so, drug. To fostering. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So, okay. so that's what so, you guys are starting. You're starting so we're the gateway starting drug. Small. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely, I mean, like with anything, when you actually get your hands dirty, mm-hmm. you know, and you start getting involved, mm-hmm. I, you know, it can be a really, encouraging experience something that you want to you know keep doing you, yeah. you can't yeah so yeah. yeah this could this could lead to some really good relationships that we just continue to build this could you know lead to foster and foster care who knows what yeah where to go but and even choose how, your own adventure choose your own adventure <laughs> well even how um so cindy king was here yesterday from keystone family alliance and I, I really just appreciate how she said that too that not not everyone is called to adopt. Not everyone is called right. to foster. Not even everyone is called to save families. Right. Um, but we are all called to care about the fatherless in some way mm-hmm. and to support the, the, the way that the church and, and individually that we care about people that are in, that are vulnerable and in need. Yeah. So there, it is, it is great to have in that sense of choose your own adventure. Um, as God is, as leading, as you're, as you're trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit in, in our lives and with our families, there's these different, different things to consider where sometimes in the past it's felt like, okay, it's either nothing or it's like, 
starting to take foster yeah. or adoptive placements like tomorrow, that feels really daunting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to probably most everybody hearing this, you know, um, and probably in yeah. some ways too would be, um, would probably like lack some wisdom because it's like, because we all go into stuff like this blind where this just gives us different handles into the world of caring for, for the fatherless. And so uh, the hope is even, um, as you guys are, are already charging, charting a course for safe families at Liberty, there are some that are doing that with foster care. There are some that have done that in the past with adoption and other things. Um, people coming around you are getting to even kind of learn from your experience and serve with you and care for you as you care for children in your home continues kind of those gateway drugs yeah. Yeah. and also like ramps up our individual and collective experiential wisdom so that we're like, do we're, we're going in with our, with our eyes more and more wide, wide open in, mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. That's great. Any, um, any other like thoughts or considerations or things that you, you know, encouragements you would want to leave with, with folks at Liberty or, or questions for them to start thinking about? Do anything. I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I have really appreciated this, um, this month's sermon topics. Mm-hmm. I think it's something, yeah, that all of us can, pray about and think about how, you know, if we say as a church, we value life, we value Mm -hmm. other image bearers of God. Like, is there, are there practical implications in our Mm -hmm. lives for that? And what does that look like for us? So, yeah, I think it's good that we're asking these questions. Um, you know, what does this look like? And, and I think that's, that's a good starting point. Um, that's kind of where we started for, for say families, um, so keep asking those questions and then for safe families, it's low commitment. So if you're, if you're on the fence or don't really know, um, how to go, this, this seems like a good start. We're still on the front end, so we'll have more wisdom on that on once we start seeing some placements, but yeah, but we're excited. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. We should do a, we're going to do a, a, an episode, kind of a catch up six months from now. Kind of, <laughs> where are they now? Where are, they now? Where are the dumbs? <laughs> where are the dumbs now? And how many people are with them? Yeah, that's right. Which that's path great. did we choose? That's, right. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing your your story and just the insights and the things you've learned. Um, and it, it's we've had a great month of looking at these topics and, and guests on the podcast and at church and um, all of it focused on um, the people who need care. Right. There, mm-hmm. There's an aspect of like, and that's why it actually would be a great idea to like circle back and yeah. hear from you where you are six months from now, because yeah. this isn't, um, this is never meant to be about us. It's about to me, us meeting the needs of others. Yeah. That's what God does for us. He pursues mm-hmm. us in relationship. He adopts us, calls us his children. Mm-hmm. Um, we now go out and show that same mercy and grace and care and love for others. Just like we heard about yesterday's sermon. We've been hearing each sermon this month. So thank you for being mm-hmm. uh, people in our community that are embracing that really working that out in your life and having it impact your life mm-hmm. um, in a way that is not a perfect fit all the time. It's not, it's not meant to be easy, but you're embracing all of the opportunities that come with it. And it's, it's awesome to see. So mm-hmm. thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for your time today. Thanks for being guests with yeah. us on the podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, as you're listening to this at home, feel free to reach out to us, reach out to Stu and Deb, check out Safe Families and Bethany Christian Services mm-hmm. is the one locally yeah. here. Safe Families is nationwide, I think. It is, yeah. But every locale has a particular agency that kind of runs it on the ground, and so right. it's Bethany for us. Yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, let us know what uh, what questions you have. Great. Thanks yeah. for being here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, guys.
Okay, Matt, we're back on the B side. Hard pivot away from the Dumbs interview. Yeah, nice basketball analogy too. Thanks. Hard, hard pivot. Hard pivot. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Um, we have we have questions that came in. Two questions that came in mm-hmm. uh, for the sermon. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sticking with us. If you're on the podcast, as the intro said, if we have questions each week, we'll put them at the end. Yep. Here we are at the end. Great. Matt, give us the quick 90 second summary of the sermon from yesterday. Yeah. So. Yesterday, we were talking about mercy to the fatherless or mercy for the fatherless. Next week, we're going to talk about justice for the fatherless. So we're trying to talk about both of those pieces. But specifically yesterday, talking about and looking at Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 17 through 22. uh, There's a lot of commands in the Old Testament about showing mercy to vulnerable groups of people, the widow, the orphan, the poor, the fatherless, this quartet of the vulnerable, as they're known. Um, Or sojourner. I I said fatherless and orphan. That's one group. That's right. Sojourner Sojourner. was the one I missed. So. Um, these specific laws in Deuteronomy 24 have a lot to do with mercy, um, to those groups of people, uh, including the fatherless. And really what we see in Deuteronomy, um, 24 is that we need both mercy in our memory and mercy in our margins. If we're going to be people who show mercy, uh, if we're going to specifically to the fatherless, but in general too, if we're going to be people who show mercy to vulnerable people, we have to have mercy in our memory and mercy in our margins. And our memory is about a lot about how we've received mercy from God, our yep. own story, how God's been merciful to me, to us. Uh, mercy in our margins then is actually to create margin for mercy, that we're actually meant to create space in our lives so that we can be merciful yep. and not just allow it to um, to like be completely accidental. <laughs> a lot of the specific situations we might, we might have to show mercy might not be planned, uh, but we have to create margin in our lives so that we can show, show mercy. Yeah, that's great. Good summary. Uh, two questions came in. So here's Great. the first question. Okay. Um, so react to the, uh, the, the person who would say, Hey, efficiency, and maybe give some context to this question too, in a moment, right? Sure. So, hey, sure. efficiency is how I create margin. Yes. Right. Um, and so I work hard during my work day so as not to take my work home, uh, much like the sluggard is instructed to look to the ant, yep. right. Um, in, in Proverbs. And so Yes. We just know efficiency is important. Yeah. Right? What do we do with efficiency? You mentioned that yesterday. So maybe give some context to yeah. where that question came from. Yeah. So talking a little bit at the beginning, especially about how we, we can become, I can become personally, this is this is true for me, so consumed with productivity and efficiency. I'm trying to squeeze the absolute most out of every minute of life, out of every dollar. And there's other applications, but those are two main ones. Yep. And um so this person, I think, is you know rightfully thinking through. Well, isn't it isn't it good essentially to to work and be productive and to be efficient in the labor? And and hopefully you heard that yesterday. Absolutely yes. There there is something so good about uh, about making the most of the time. In fact, we're instructed to do that in scripture as well right, to make sure. the most of the days because the, the the time because the days are evil. In other words, like we don't just gravitate uh, into using our lives well. We have to work hard to use our lives well. Right. So there's so much good in that. Um, the, the pushback, and, and this is always a little bit of a danger in preaching to a broad audience of people that you have would different, you, which you do every Sunday, which you do every Sunday, <laughs> people are in different places. Yep. So there's some people out there that like, um, they already probably have margin if they're just a little more intentional with their time. Sure. Like, okay. They actually might be using their time for pursuits that like, they don't really need to be using them for. Like they, like they can just, they can just quickly look at their life and go, I don't need to watch that much TV. I don't like whatever sure. it is. Yep. Yesterday was was kind of, and there's always a danger in this. You can like people can open somebody else's mail and like you know hear it the wrong way. But um, the yesterday the specific kind of audience in my mind and heart, and I think this is a lot of people at Liberty Church, 
really do try to use their lives well. Sure. Really work hard. Yep. They are productive. They are efficient. They're trying really hard. And yesterday, I think this call, this command from Deuteronomy 24 is to say, that's all good. Don't let that, though, squeeze out the margins of your life so you have no capacity, no space to actually show mercy to people. Sure. Where you only are devoting yourself to your vocational pursuits. You're only devoting yourself to your family and your family discipleship, all of which is good and right. Mm -hmm. But there's actually we're actually commanded by God. It, being productive and efficient in all the, in, in the places in our lives to still create margin for mercy. Right. So I would say they're not they're not um, um, mutually exclusive. Right. You, you can sure. work hard, be yep. productive and efficient in your life and work, and actually that can be the way you create margin. Yep. So that you have some some open space in your life to show. Yeah. Mercy. So efficiency, more or less, is the tool. Yeah. Right. The, the tool is neutral. Yep. It's how you use the efficiency to fill up all your time. Yep. Don't fill up all your time. Yes. Fill up the right amount of time. And leave some space open That's right. with a specific eye to how can I use this time to show mercy. Sure. Yep. It's great. All right. Here's the other question that came in. So this is some some kind of uh, commenting on some of the verses you shared yesterday uh, about going over the fields and the vineyards. Um, and one more. Fields and vineyards. And, and olive trees. Olive a grove. Tree, the grove. Yeah. That's right. The grove. Right. I, I guess that's a question. Is it a grove or an orchard? I was torn on that. I said grove. I think it's a grove. Okay. Olive, yeah, olive grove. I'm not sure. Olive grove sounded olive, oh, right. Olive grove. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, so there's probably, you know what? So if you're, if you're into like agriculture, if you know the difference, you can email yep. me and tell me which, which way I should have gone there. Yeah. I went grove. Politely. Email and politely. No, just, right, just, just get, blunt. Just, just get, let, lay it on me. Right. Say, Matt, you got it wrong. It's an orchard. Orchard. Okay. Boom. Okay. So the verses about not going over a field or olive trees or vineyards seem to have a flavor, the questioner asks, of not being perfect, like such as leaving the result of the errors to bless, bless others. Yeah. Hey, you go over the field, you if forgot, you miss something, you don't worry about it, yep. right? You don't need to be perfect. Yep. Um, you don't need to maximize your productivity. It's okay. Yep. And then a, a separate command you referenced in your sermon yesterday, not as a primary verse, but just as, as another one, um, not gleaning all the way to the edge of one's field. Yeah. Um, that, the questioner asks, seems to be more intentional of um, plan for the loss. Yeah. Don't actually go over parts of your field. Prepare for that to be something that's used only by others, maybe only by others. Yep. And so is there a difference between the commands about how we, how someone would go over their land and go yeah. over what they have? Is there a difference? How do we think about that? Yeah, I think they're both related to not maximizing productivity or profitability. Like okay. yep. in both cases, that's part of what's at stake there. If you go back over and make sure you get it all, make sure you don't miss anything, that's going to maximize productivity and profit. Yep. If you don't glean to the edge of your field, you're at, I think you're right in the sense that one is is in advance planning that you're going to not harvest the edge of your field. So there right. is like a forethought to that one right. where the other one is like, hey, in the normal course of things, some stuff's going to drop and just let it drop. Yep. Um, so I think there is a, a good, so it probably is more intentional because you have to plan it specifically. You have to tell if you're a landowner, you have people helping you in your harvest, helping you in the reaping. You have to tell them, hey, leave that part. Don't actually get that part all the way to the margins. You have to right. plan that. Right. So I think that's good. By way of illustration, this is maybe how it, it maybe came to mind for me. We uh, we recently got a new uh, light fixture in our dining room. Okay. And we took down the old one. It's from the original. Like our house was built in the 70s. Some of these light fixtures from the 70s are now like in style again. Okay. And so on Facebook Marketplace, my, you know, Shay listed it our old fixture on Facebook marketplace uh, had a guy come buy it. And as he's buying it and, and like we're talking with him, fascinating guy, retired guy. Um, 
find out pretty quickly, like, he's going to turn around and sell this for, like, way, way more, more than he just oh, bought it okay. for us from. Okay. And I, he's a and picker. He's, he came to pick it from he you. He came to pick, and okay. he probably got a great deal from us okay. buying this this light fixture. Okay. Um, and I have this mentality. I'm, like, hyper frugal on some stuff. And I'm like, this this there's, like, almost, like, a sense of injustice that welled up in me in that moment. Right. Like, well... If he's going to take it for this much, I could I could fix it up and I could turn it around and I could sell it for more money right. rather than this kind of measly sum that that I'm getting from him. I would say that's more like the the olive the olive uh, grove and the vineyard and the yep. field and you leave something behind. In that moment, I'm like, and it, and it's just this moment of going like, leave it behind. It's actually you know what? Here's a guy who's retired um, and he's got time and capacity. And actually, this is a great way for him to continue to provide some income for himself. Sure, like, yep. leave it behind. Right, <laughs> like, you right. know, like yep. don't squeeze the most out of that light, light fixture that you could possibly right. squeeze it out of. Right. And I was like, so that to me is more an, an illustration of that one. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like, um, you know, I haven't wrestled with this stuff now too. There's like, um, and Shay and I talked about this over the years too. Like, should we, should we try to pick up uh, additional kinds of work? Other okay. side hustle. I, I talk about side hustle sometimes because it's yep. my own struggle too. I'm sure. like, should I be picking up a side hustle to make a little extra income to help pay for kids' college, to help whatever? Yep. yep. Which is a totally valid question to ask. I hope people don't hear me like categorically saying that's a bad thing. No. Yeah. Uh, when I sit, when I when I call that out as an example of margin and places to create margin, but that's something for me intentionally to say. You know what? If I actually plan to do more vocational work to make more money, I'm going to have no margin for mercy. Sure. I'm, my family will not be able to respond to neighbors and need neighbors in need, uh, people in our church in need. We're just, you know, so that's more maybe the don't glean all the way to the, to the edge of your field. Yeah. Don't, don't reap all the way to the edge of your field. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? It does. So yeah. th- those are like personal illustrations maybe that relate to this question. And they're both, they both leave something on the table. Yep. Um, but one is forethought. And one is just responding more in the moment. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think if I, I think, so there is a little bit of a difference, but they're very related. Yeah. And I see, I see the way that they're related where they probably start to kind of push on the same type of feeling or emotion or fear yeah. that, that any one of us could have. So I, I think about that, like not, not that there's only just one emotion or one thing, one button that's pushing, but it does push on the button of. You know, am I am I maximizing my the value of and the output value and yeah. all that I'm trying to keep inside my control versus relinquishing control? Yeah. What am I What am I trusting? Functionally, sometimes trusting God with because well, I can't control that, so I'll trust Him with that. Yeah. Versus actually, I need to I need to relinquish control over some things that I think I could actually try to get more of. Yeah. Because I need to trust Him with that. Not mm. that I have to. It's that I need to trust Him. Yeah. With those things. Yeah. So that's hard for me too. Yeah. So I just. Like I, both these things, they feel a little bit different, but also really, if yeah. you dig in on the root, it's probably like real close to the very, same, very close same to root. Connected. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, those are the questions that we had this yeah. week. Thanks for sending those in, and um, we have, uh, as we have more mercy justice sermons upcoming, which we do. Um, as you have questions each week, please send them in. We'll always include them after our podcast guests each week. Yeah, so. Yeah, thanks for being with us today. We'll be back next week talking about justice for the fatherless. I have a special guest for that podcast as well. And I look forward to seeing you then. All right. Bye, everyone. Yeah, take care, Raph. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.